Hey everyone, I'm Megan and welcome back to Secrets in the Cornfield. I sincerely apologize for the delay in the new episodes coming out, but I feel like I'm ready to continue. As I mentioned before, I will be doing episodes every other week moving forward. During my break, I had been researching a couple of new cases, and as I looked into multiple unsolved murders to cover, I noticed there were quite a few victims that their stories just didn't have a lot of information out there. So I decided to switch things up and introduce a new type of episode, and I've decided to call them Cornfield Minis. So that is what I will be releasing today, and I figured this would be a great way to get back on schedule. As I have mentioned many other times, it is important for every victim story to be told, regardless of media coverage or lack thereof. Today, I will be covering the murders of Tyrese Parson and Marquavian Brown. On Friday, June 8th of 2018, a call came in to Des Moines Police around 6.30 a.m. The caller reported a man found unconscious on a sidewalk, and the person who made the call was a resident of the area. The man was located on the east side of Des Moines in the 800 block of East 27th Court near the city's fairground. When police and paramedics arrived on scene, they found a young man with a single gunshot wound to the back, and he was pronounced dead at the scene and now it was up to investigators to find out who he was and what happened. According to the Des Moines Police spokesman, Sergeant Paul Parazek, it was apparent to them once they arrived on scene that the young man was deceased and had been for a considerable amount of time, likely several hours. Yet to Sergeant Parazek's knowledge, no calls had come in either the previous evening or earlier that morning of gunshots being fired in the area. By the evening news that same day, the man's identity became known. The victim was identified as 17-year-old Tyrese Robert Parson, and his death was officially declared a homicide. Tyrese's death had been the fifth reported homicide in Des Moines from the start of 2018, and as of this recording is one of the two homicides that year that have yet to be solved. The neighborhood once referred to as quiet was now becoming known for suspicious activity and was also the scene of two bodies within two months found less than a mile from each other. KCCI News interviewed a resident of the area named James Hill. Hill told KCCI the area was a relatively quiet neighborhood and he had witnessed a noticeable increase in suspicious activity since the beginning of 2018. He was even able to point out a specific location in that neighborhood where traffic was more frequent. But whether the increase in traffic or suspicious activity had anything to do with Tyrese's murder remains unknown. Although my gut tells me that there is likely a connection, because Tyrese didn't live on that side of town, so it wasn't clear if he was connected to any homes in the area. The police department's crime scene investigation unit spent the morning Tyrese's body was discovered canvassing the area which included talking to potential witnesses and searching for evidence. According to a report in the Des Moines Register, reporters went to the listed address for Tyrese, and the woman who had answered the door declined to comment. 
Early on in the investigation, it was said that witnesses were being interviewed and the police said that they were receiving what they believed to be credible and helpful information that would be essential to move the investigation forward. But as of today, there have been no suspects or persons of interest named and no arrests made in the slaying of the young man. After initial reports came out regarding Tyrese's death, his case fell out of the spotlight, which leaves the family and community with far more questions than answers. Tyrese was less than two months away from celebrating his 18th birthday and was getting ready to start his senior year at Scavo High School. According to his parents, Morris and Heather Parson, he was known for a smile that could light up a room. He loved music, spending time with his family, including his five brothers, and cycling. Tyrese had joined a cycling team in Des Moines and had participated in RAGBRAI with one of his brothers when he was 14. For those of you listening who don't know what RAGBRAI is, it stands for the Register's Annual Great Bicycle Ride Across Iowa. It's a non-competitive bicycle ride which is organized by the Des Moines Register. The ride is held annually and goes across the state from west to east, bringing in recreational riders from all across the U.S. and also from other countries. Tyrese had joined a biking team called the Dream Team, and the group was reported to be very close. Upon discovery of Tyrese's death, the bike team was undoubtedly devastated. Deb Olson, who was the mentor for the Dream Team at the time, said, quote, Tyrese and his brother are both wonderful additions to the team. You could just see the growth and the positive aspects that came out when they were a part of the team. He had great interactions with us, a very good, positive personality. It didn't matter which group or mentor he was riding with, he always brought a good attitude to it. After Tyrese's death, a GoFundMe page had been set up by the cycling team to help the Parson family with the memorial expenses, and they had raised almost $6,000. After the tragic school shooting on February 14th of 2018 at Marjorie Douglas Stoneman High School in Parkland, Florida, many students became activists in gun reform and wanted to bring to light the victims of gun violence among children, giving them a face and a name and refusing to leave them as just a number. In 2019, the group created a website, sinceparkland.org, in which Tyrese's story can be found along with all children who are victims of gun violence in 2018. As much as I hate to leave Tyrese's story here, that is all the information we have to date that has been made public by both the family and Des Moines police. I would hope that police have much more information they are keeping undisclosed for the integrity of the investigation and that witnesses have come forward and there are leads that they are still following up on. But if you have any information that could help solve the murder of Tyrese Parson, please contact Des Moines Police Department at 515-283-4811 or Crime Stoppers of Central Iowa at 515-223-1400. Tips can be submitted online at www.crimestoppersofcentraliowa.com. About a year and a half later and about 112 miles away in Waterloo, 
on Saturday, November 23, 2019, 19-year-old Marquavian Brown and his friend, 21-year-old Quintroy Farshan Dequan Kemp, were sitting in a parked car located in an alley behind some apartments on the 200 block of Madison Street. At around 5.55 p.m., an unknown person on foot opened fire on the vehicle shooting both men. Within minutes of the shooting, police arrived on scene, and Marquavian and Quintroy were then transported to Unity Point Allen Hospital. Marquavian sadly passed away from his injuries, and Quintroy was then transferred to University of Iowa Hospitals, from which he was able to make a full recovery. A timeline is never revealed, but police said that within a short time after they were called, they had obtained a search warrant for an apartment unit from the apartment complex located on Madison Street but no information has been released as to what was found or whose apartment was searched. It is never revealed how many times each of the two men had been shot, but there are several reports that they each suffered multiple gunshot wounds. As far as we know, Quintroy was either unwilling or unable to identify the attacker, and Marquavian's killer still remains a mystery. This, however, wasn't Marquavian's first incident involving gun violence or Quintroy's last either. According to a report in The Courier by Amy Rivers, from October 31st of 2018, which was a little over a year prior to his murder, Marquavian was the victim of a shooting in which he had been shot twice, once in his left leg and once in his right arm. He claimed he was with someone else, but he was the only person shot in the incident. During police interviews, witnesses described a car that was spotted at the scene, and police were able to quickly locate that vehicle, which had three occupants inside. The car was then impounded and the incident was being investigated. However, there are never any further news reports released regarding that incident. Almost two months later, on December 27th of 2018, another news report from The Courier covers an incident in which 39-year-old Sharice McGee was driving a Pontiac Grand Prix and Marquavian was the passenger. Cherise said she heard gunshots and told police that she drove away quickly and realized sometime later that her car had been hit causing a flat tire. Further inspection of the tire did reveal a bullet hole, but neither Marquavian or Cherise had been shot or injured. That same evening, another shooting had taken place, but at the time of the reporting, no arrests had been made and we have yet to know if either of the shootings were connected which would make anyone question if the three shootings Marquavian was involved in were connected. From what I gathered, it appears police are unable to further the investigations due to lack of cooperation from witnesses in any of the shootings mentioned. Then, about 18 months ago, KWAY Radio Group made an online post from an article released on August 16th of 2021 from the Cedar Valley News that Quintoroy Kemp was sentenced to 10 years for shooting a man in the face. On December 1st of 2020, about a year after Marquavian's death, Quintoroy fired several shots at a 44-year-old man named Terrell Manning while he was sitting in a parked car. One of the shots hit Manning in the jaw, but he survived the incident. Quintroy pled guilty to charges of intimidation with a weapon, willful injury causing serious harm, and felon in possession of a firearm. There is nothing known about the attackers in any of these incidents, at least on record, and very little about the victims involved, but with the shootings reported to police over the span of two years, it does seem evident that Marquavian had likely led a troubled life. But all actions have consequences, 
and it is still important to remember that regardless of who the victim is, they deserve justice. Marquavian Brown was murdered, and the person who took his life should be held accountable. As of today, a reward is being offered for $1,500 for information leading to an arrest in Marquavian's murder. So if you have any information, you can contact the Waterloo Police Department at 319-291-4340, extension 7, or Cedar Valley Crime Stoppers at 855-300-TIPS. That's 855-300-8477. You can also send a tip by text by texting CEDAR, C-E-D-A-R, and the tip to crimes, or 274637. And lastly, you can also leave a tip at www.cvcrimestop.com. Thank you for listening to Secrets in the Cornfield. Stay tuned for the next episode. Secrets in the Cornfield is an Anchor original. Sources for this episode can be found in the episode description. You can find Secrets in the Cornfield I Was Unsolved on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the Facebook page Secrets in the Cornfield Podcast. And now if you have a case request, you can email at sitcpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and make sure you share these episodes in hopes of bringing in new information for the families affected.